This is how modern podcasts work, Matt, okay? You talk a little bit to familiarize the audience with yourself, and then you do the intro and get into the serious talk, okay? All right, we'll make Tyler like a hero. Then just want to go, go for it. <laughs> so... As we know, I work in retail, and uh, I had a case of uh, a scammer the other day. So y- you need to really like focus when you're when you're doing the cash because some people like just try to absolutely get away with so much bullshit. Um, so what they did is they came up to the cash and they had four purses, which were like they were like Calvin Klein and all these high end brands, and probably each purse was like ninety five to $100 and uh, what they did is they took the markdown price um, because we're a markdown store and they put it on top of the original price so that when we scan the items it comes up as a lower price so instead of the $95 that it was it ended up being like $10 for a Calvin Klein purse and I was like oh that's a really good deal and then I look up at the screen and it's like <laughs> it says like floral which means they they got out of the floral section so they're trying to get a $95 to $100 purse and uh mask it as like a fucking fake cactus from our store so yeah any scammers out there maybe maybe don't do that come up with something that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard i looked at both of them i was like holy you guys are dumb maybe don't go for that deep of a discount (laughs) ten dollars for yeah ten ten bucks go look after and buy one yourself and then you realize oh the sale must be over even though you were there five minutes earlier Welcome back to Actions Per Minute. We have a name now with uh, myself, Austin. Hi. Uh, we have Patrick, Mr. Bradley. What's up? And we have Matthew, Mr. Maker. Hey, hey. Hi. Okay, so, yeah, today we're we're moving on from the questionnaire, and we're going to do our, uh, our normal thing from here on out. And we're just going to come up with topics every week and, and talk about them and see where it leads. So, I want to start with... Um, Something that is going to be completely different from other things that we talk about today, but uh, it was come to my attention because um, Matt and I were previously talking about, not on a podcast, about tapestries and how Matt is more or less jealous of the one that I got. Very jealous. Very jealous. I think I actually would have bought that had you not bought that. (laughs) Yeah, it um it kind of hung on me that the style of it is very like we have very similar taste in a lot of things, but also we don't, and especially Patrick. Um, where Patrick owns shirts that are like the dumbest fucking shirts in the world, <laughs> where it's like dogs playing poker, or it literally just says KYS on it. Or <laughs> I haven't rap- seen that one. It's KMS. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, or like the rapper with the anime fucking thing. Lozy weeb. So I was wondering about uh, your guys' sense of style and uh, what you, why it like evolved uh, to the way it is right now. So um, things like clothes, posters, taste in things like your food. Do you think you have a good sense of style or is it just something that you came up with? I'm honestly, I'm jealous of Patrick's sense of style. He, he has had like, such a well-defined sense of style basically like since i've known him honestly i feel like i'm still i'm still figuring a lot of that out i can build off of that and we can go back to you because <coughs> i wouldn't say you don't have any style uh i don't know my style is well, just that's like what I said. well that's what i said <laughs> 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 anyways i don't know yeah i don't know like maybe since i was like 15 i just i think i just stopped caring about sort of what other people thought um in terms of like what i look like and how i live so but you do own a lot of brand clothing though like you have roots coats and i like thrifting a lot and that's something that was fun but then i sort of i stopped thrifting for the sole purpose of like getting a deal on a cool shirt or a vintage shirt or something retro Ooh. and i uh i just started buying shirts that like i thought were funny and then sometimes other people get a kick out of them too. So yeah, like right now, clothing wise, like I really just went completely casual. Like I just wear sweatpants or joggers and and a hoodie and it maybe a t-shirt once in a while. I don't really have like any. I have brand name clothes, but like I'm not out here with Gucci or like 
anything expensive. It's literally just stuff that I thought was funny. Like, I have a t-shirt that's, it's, uh, oh, what's that store? They sell a lot of jeans. I can't remember the name of the store, but maybe it'll come to me in a bit. Gap? Like, that could be a, that could be many stores. Well, it's in the mall, too. Like, it's in the mall in our... The Gap? No. Baby Gap. Oh. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we'll get to Matt Anyways. Uh, in his sense of style. But I want to ask Patrick about what's some of the best and, like, worst things that you have seen or bought at while thrifting. Like, you've talked about, to us, about your, your Game Boy with, with, you know, whatever was in it and stuff. What are some of the best and worst things that you've, you've seen or gotten? Best? Yeah, like, I'll keep my stuff short because I don't want to ramble on. But best stuff? Definitely things that are, like, brand name clothing that are very cheap so like for example i found like a nice lacoste polo usually i looked online it was probably like 50 bucks online but i bought it for like eight so that's cool i i, I sort of i came to the realization that like thrift stores are literally meant to be discounted clothes so that people have like options to, to wear so like i felt pretty bad going to a, like a thrift store and buying like a, sh a shirt that's a discount because i know somebody who maybe actually can't afford that stuff could be there shopping looking for nice clothing so i sort of stopped right. doing that but anyways i i like to tell about the the bad stuff because the bad stuff is funny <laughs> the other day i was in valley village and I was looking at these shoes, and they look like shoes that you would wear to the Salem Witch Trials. They were the Ben Franklin 11s. They were absolutely terrible, and I thought that was hilarious. So, and then the other, the other ones, I would say anyone going to a thrift store has definitely seen this. And it's, there's, there's two types of shirts that, like, people hate. And it's the shirts that you look at that are like, oh, the Brown Family Trip to Cuba 2011. And it's like a shitty shirt filled with a with like a family photo or like something stupid <laughs> something like a, a resort that they went to um and the other one is like the meme shirts the meme shirts are funny but some of them are just like you have to be wearing them ironically you if i see you out in public wearing like a green minion shirt with like a christmas theme and you're wearing it unironically i'm sorry but like can't be friends yeah we can't yeah, uh, you, we can't even be in the same social circle you need to step away and i i can't you don't even look at me okay <laughs> reanalyze your life but if you're wearing a troll face t-shirt on i or sorry ironically and like you think it's hilarious and you know that you're wearing it ironically that's funny but if you're wearing it uh like unironically yikes so so matt do you think you have a uh like a style like do you have a defined style that you you know you have or is it just like patrick where you just kind of wear what you want to wear well yeah patrick is a mall goth he fits the mall goth aesthetic. Like he's yeah. He he'll do wear like the thrift clothes and like paint his nails black and stuff like that. I don't know. I never really paid much attention to clothes. Like I remember the last time me and Pat went thrifting. Like he was looking for clothes. I ended up buying a second monitor for myself and a bunch of like Nat King Cole records in a store full of clothes. I bought music and a TV monitor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think you have like um? a good sense of taste like with things like music and stuff like does your sense of style move into your inner music as well where you listen to something that that's all subjective that, there's no like good i guess but if if you were to tell someone about the music that you listen to and they were to go listen to it like for example you recommended drunk drivers killer whales to me and i very much enjoyed that mm -hmm. do you think that that's because you have a good sense of what good music is or do you think that's just because you really like something that you thought someone else might like and that's it i think i'm just pretty decent at like recommending people stuff i don't know i would say music wise matt's really good when it comes to style i think he like i don't think i've heard a recommendation from matt that i didn't like and i know if i was to recommend music to someone there's probably going to be a couple songs or like a couple albums there that people are like what the hell is this guy listening to but yeah i don't think matt has ever recommended me something that i don't like 
Yeah, because I wouldn't recommend something to somebody else just because, like, solely I like it. I have I actually think about whether or not that's something that like it would fit into like one of their playlists or something like that. But as far as clothes go, I don't really I haven't really paid attention to clothes much up until now. I bought some I actually bought some nice shoes for myself with my my crypto gains. I decided to treat myself. Got some ultra boosts. So I guess uh I guess I'm I'm starting to pay attention to clothes a little bit more and trying to find my style there. When it comes to shoes, I think people have a very different preferences some people so, get way into that exactly there's people who don't care what they're wearing and they're wearing like me like the benjamin franklin 11s <laughs> and then there's people who yeah but you also have a set of tims that you wear well they're so. not they're knockoff tims they're not actual tims oh yeah i don't care i mean like they keep my feet warm and they're good for when i'm stepping in puddles and my socks don't get wet so i do like i do like nike air force uh the air force brand is really good like well, not Air Force specifically, but like Air Max and and all that stuff too. I have Air Max nineties, and I think their older brand is r- really nice for the Air Max collection. So, talking about music a little bit more, do you think that you guys only like your taste for music is pretty spread out for both of you? I think. I mean, you both listen to very similar music, but at the same time, Patrick listens to hyperpop, and and you know, Matt will listen to in the same day, listen to you know, Frank Ocean all day. Well, I think Matt <laughs> listens more hyperpop than I do, probably. Define hype. Hold on, hyperpop. I'm trying to think. Uh, if I was to what define hyperpop, I would say Charlie XCX, 100 Gex, Sophie, 100 Gex, <laughs> <laughs> Alice Gas, maybe. So if you want to go down that SoundCloud route, but do you? think that your music tastes are spread out or do you feel like they're pretty centralized like for example lately all i listen to are songs from like 2017 that were semi-popular at the time but i really like them now or i listen to a lot of acoustic stuff with a female voice just because it's like it's 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 not background it's enjoyable background noise where you can where i feel like i can listen to it and not be distracted by it um but that's all i listen to so like my music tastes i think are really not there because i listen to so few things at the moment what do you guys think i want to start with matt do you think your your music preference is spread out or do you listen to kind of the same thing over and over what do you what do you like yeah a, a lot of different stuff uh, it's funny that you mentioned uh listening to like older songs because i feel like i i find <laughs> i find the the popular music like more enjoyable like years after it comes out for whatever reason but when it does come out it's not it's not my thing i, I end up finding it later and enjoying it it's very strange it's because everybody else is talking about it and it's like it's the mob mentality but in reverse i think because you want to listen to it and enjoy it without being like on a bandwagon almost i feel like i can just enjoy it more myself if it's not like the focus of attention i don't know and then you can talk to other people about it afterwards and say like do you remember this song and then you go back and listen to all these other songs and and you know you start you start both enjoying the same thing again. Yeah, you listen to a lot of different stuff too. Like you listen to like more like calming like piano music and like video game soundtracks. I don't listen to so much of that, but you 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 turn me on to some of that stuff. Does music influence the person that you are? Oh, like, I hundred percent. Yeah. Do you, you think you're a different person based on whatever music you're listening to? Even at the time, yes. though, do you think at the time that you're a different person based on what you're listening to? Yes, I don't think that it directly affects who you are, but I think you can be influenced by it like exactly like someone who listens to um waka flocka or like i don't know like chicago drill (laughs) rap and waka flocka is amazing like i love waka flocka but would you guys say i am anything like waka flocka (laughs) no (laughs) yes (laughs) i'm the opposite so yeah i mean i think you can be influenced by it and i think it can affect your music taste and your sense of style like we talked about before um and maybe even your your friend group or your your sort of yeah social well yeah because you just gravitate towards like-minded people that's how like with everything so so yeah i think i think you could be influenced but there's there's like an extent to how much you could be influenced by so i think Um, music for me it more displays what mood i'm in than uh I guess who who you are like I, do you does think that make sense music yeah I mean it, do you think um do you think you listen to music because of your mood or do you listen like is your is it uh, okay, so sometimes it'll put you in a mood 
Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it has the effect on you, but sometimes sometimes you're just uh like it's just displaying how what mood you're in. Okay. I also think music can influence, but I don't want to repeat what Patrick said because it's pretty much the same thing. I'm the master of transition, so we'll move on. Matt and I previously uh off recording have talked about um Microsoft did a HoloLens display uh about three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. And um I had written a blog post about this, about um, augmented and virtual reality, actually before they did their display. And I want to talk about the future of, because this, this is something that we've talked about, again, off, off podcast before, um, as three of us just kind of rambling about it. But I want to go a little bit more formally into uh, what you might think about augmented and virtual reality for those who are a little bit more uninformed and kind of think that they're similar. They are in a lot of aspects, but augmented reality is effectively changing uh, what you see in your real life. Like, it, it adds to your real life. So, um, I mean, the joke is Google Glass, but, you know, what they could have done was things like giving you live directions while you're walking, uh, displaying, like, the hours of uh, operation for buildings when you walk past them, or... Um, like ratings for hotels and review like reviews for restaurants and stuff things like just heads up display for messages or anything like that and then virtual reality is changing your perception of what you see entirely so most people will immediately think video game for virtual reality putting you in another space in another world and you know interacting with things that you normally can't in real life or telling a story through it but virtual reality also has and augmented both have um, the aspects of being used for things like training for surgery education especially for uh, virtual reality like virtual classrooms um, military uses i won't talk about it too much but i just want your thoughts about um, a potential future with either or depending on what you think will be more relevant um so I want to start with uh, Matt on on what do you think will be more significant in in the future, augmented or virtual reality? I think augmented reality has more like real world applications for like workspace type stuff. Like virtual reality is is cool for like for games and stuff, and it's not exclusively for games. But I think like the, the like, you can't take your Oculus Rift outside and just be using it. You know what I mean? Augmented reality definitely has more real-world applications, whereas like Oculus, like VR, would be something that you use in your private space. What do you think of the future notion? Like everything's everything you see augmented is currently through your phone. Yeah. What do you think will be the next step? Do you think it will be a wearable peripheral that will be like Google Glass that has a mini screen in front of you? One hundred percent. Do you think it'll be like a a hollow screen attached? You have like a little device that displays a hollow screen instead, or? Yeah, uh, like it, um, I was actually just watching like some uh, some clips from like Marvel movies and stuff, and um, how like how uh, Iron Man in in the like, Marvel movies is like interacting with all like the blue holograms and stuff, like that's more like augmented reality. Whereas like again, like the Oculus Rift is like, you're you're putting on a headset, you have your designated space you can walk in and stuff like that, and you're playing games or whatever. I want to ask Patrick, but I want to talk to you afterwards about. Did you watch the Hololens uh, like display? Did you see what they were doing? Me? I mean Me? Matt. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, no, Matt. <laughs> Matt. No, no. Did you watch the Hololens like display? Yes. Or no? Okay. I want to talk to you about that afterwards then. Um, Patrick, AR VR. What? How much do you know about it? And what do you? Yeah, what do you I, think I know. Is? I know a little bit about both, but um, <coughs> I think definitely augmented reality is going to be. I don't think that. VR is going to be completely out of the question, but I just think AR is going to be significantly significantly um, used more for educational purposes and for for maybe daily life. Like, uh, I think, I don't know, like, in movies and stuff, we always see, like, people who have, like, the glasses on that, like, you know, show them the time and whatnot, and, like a bunch of different stuff and i think augmented reality is starting to become like pretty much what the movies predicted like <laughs> there are going to be things that uh are shown around us like i don't know where i'm going with this i to, to sum it up anyways i think i think augmented reality is more pro proficient i guess 
in uh uh do you think that augmented reality will be something as culturally significant in the future as something like the internet do you think that you'll never leave your house without your augmented reality piece or your um whatever you use to stay connected to the world around you or do you think it'll just be something that people can live without but it just enhances their life i think it's possible it could be yeah it could be just like your phone as an extension of yourself essentially because augmented reality versus virtual reality augmented reality is like again like kind of what pat was saying it's like the the movie sort of like it's like the average person's idea of what like vr exactly it was hard to sum it up like i i can't tell you exactly what it's gonna be but like augmented is some cyberpunk shit augmented reality is going to be used for educational purposes and and to sort of better uh to help the human lifestyle i don't know how to put it into words like it's a tool it's pretty much it's exactly it's going to be a tool to enhance daily life it's going to be just like your phone instead of you know having to go to the library to look something up you can look it up on your phone now instead of why are you going to the library to look something (laughs) up anyway that's well listen 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 listen. that's why that's why there's a phone and and computer right so there's a library okay so we have google for that now but now instead of uh Instead of having to pull out your phone and waste another 15 seconds, ooh, you can tap your your uh, your glasses, and then on the top right, it's going to say, what do you want to do? And you go, ooh, Alexa, look up. <laughs> Alexa glasses, look up uh, who killed uh, Mace Windu in Star Wars. <laughs> um, do, you, are you, do you ever think about, this is a kind of a weirder, deeper question, which has, I don't, I don't know why I thought of this, but um, do you ever think about like the future of a more culturally and, and socially intertwined like uh, future, like where people are so interconnected that you can walk down the street with your you know augmented reality on and pretty much scan like how China has it right now, but if you could do it yourself, where you can scan someone's face with a piece of tech and know everything that they posted online, everything that they share on their Facebook page. You may have never met them before, yeah, but that I mean, could be something there's a that's possibility to it. Up. I don't really, I don't see it happening. It very um, well could, honestly. Really? Yeah, it, very I, well could. it could happen. I don't see it happening. I think people are very private. Most people are very private when it comes to stuff like that. So, like, you say that, but everyone is so willing to post whatever they want on the internet. I mean, you know, look at what what it, what you've posted before. Things like even for school, where you've posted stuff about your the clothes that you own. I mean, someone could just yeah, Google but it's for like Patrick's closet at WordPress, and they can see the clothes that you own. Yeah, and, but that's that was know. for like a a small like private uh, group. Like I don't but really uh, make it available to everybody. But it is available, though, publicly. This is something that someone could somehow randomly search up. Or, you know, the internet, like a company like Google could crawl it. And once you get this tech and someone walks by you, they can see this guy owns a Calgary Flames, you know, jersey from the 1980s or whatever you, you know, whatever year, whatever the wear of your clothes. Yeah, it was 2009 and it was a Chinese thrift market. So the way i see it it's like trying to talk about the use cases of the internet in the 90s like you, you we can't even imagine where ar is gonna go okay so i want to talk to you a little bit more about hololens so what have you seen so far matt about the current state of um virtual or mixed reality i guess well, is what it's called what they have shown is again it's basically like tony stark interacting with all of these holograms like making stuff and in 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 real space with like these holograms that you can interact with with your peripherals it's pretty crazy i think mm-hmm. educational um, use will probably come first i mean what about things like uh people have always been worried about hololens when microsoft signed a deal with the u.s military and uh about using it as training and people thought that that it would it was only going to be a bad thing it was well it was only going to be a bad thing but one of the reasons that it was going to be a bad thing is it was because it would make warfare more like video games no to train you in the way of um kind of feeling a little bit less bad about doing what you can say the same thing about the u.s military using like arma 3 I, i i think that's i think that's silly 
Um, do you look forward to a future of augmented or virtual re- or mixed reality? I mean, there are small things that you can think about that everyone can think about that would be really cool to have in the moment, but you wouldn't buy a Vive just because you can um, watch a virtual uh, concert happening. I think Kanye did that once. Maybe not Kanye, but someone did a virtual concert uh, for people in VR. Travis uh, Scott. <laughs> Fortnite, Fortnite concert. concert. <laughs> Um, I mean, like, I could see like, a VR chat concert or something like that. If that's what you're getting on, like, people do. People have made software uh, for virtual reality headsets to be able to let you watch in like a theater space. You can yeah. watch a YouTube video with a bunch of people in what is a theater area. Um, obviously, that's not a reason why you would want to outright purchase a Vive just to do that or any VR headset. But um, are you excited? Have you thought about the future applications of virtual or mixed or augmented reality? And are you excited for it? I mean, how how uh, into it do you think you will be when it comes? If it's good, I'll be into it. Not not in the... It's kind of weird to explain. Like, yeah, I would use it for stuff like virtual concerts and, and that. But as far as, like, you know, people being able to scan my face and know, like, the stuff that I own, that's that's too much for me. I mean, <laughs> po- posting on social media is already too much for me. I, I don't care for any of that stuff either. So, I mean, the further down the rabbit hole you go, it's not going to... It's not going to change my mind, like, social-wise. Uh, I want to ask Patrick, but um, I'll ask you as well. Do you think that uh augmented or virtual reality will take over the current computer like do you think in the future that we will let's say 10 years down the road that you'll still be sitting in front of a screen using what could be a keyboard and a mouse to do your work or do you think it'll be a different space that's developed around augmented reality being able to see multiple screens that aren't physically there or just saying so like imagine you're developing a website and you can walk around it physically and you can walk up close to it and look at it and see things Uh, and you have to develop in this augmented reality space where people can now interact with objects that they wouldn't have been able to just on a 2d screen um do you think that 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 will be a potential future that you have to look at or do you think that you're just kind of that the computer is still going to be this normal thing yeah i still think it'll be a computer I don't see that stuff happening for a while. Like, I think ten years is a while. Yeah, but I would say Something maybe happened. thirty years. Like, and thirty years could even be a stretch. It could be way longer than that. I, d- I just don't see it happening in the near future. That is. Matt, what do you think, Matt? Do you think that you'll be sitting in front of your dual or triple monitors in ten years, or um, you know, doing whatever work you want to do, or? I think that'll that'll still have its place. Sense. That will definitely still have mm-hmm. its place. But again, the the there's the potential for AR. We don't even know. We don't even know. We don't even know. It'll be crazy. Well, in, in 30 years, people could be microchipping their brains. You won't even have to say Alexa, do this. You'll just think it, and it'll happen. <laughs> so that's another thought of. I don't want to go too much farther into this because it was an AR VR thing that I wanted to bring up. But obviously, stuff like Neuralink is is uh, something that Musk is you know trying to promote and work on. Yeah. But I don't know that where Patrick talks about privacy, I don't think people are inherently private, but I do think they are more self conscious about what they do to themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that if people have a choice, they won't uh, use that like have a chip implanted in themselves or have a different method of. Um, conversation physically i don't think that people will want to just look at each other and know what their brain waves are saying to each other well um, here the thing is uh, well, what i was saying about privacy is i think people are like because of cancel culture and and a bunch of like s- stuff like that i think people are very like they're not scared to be public about things but i think they don't like well i mean nobody would want this but like they don't want uh, someone coming up to them with their AR goggles, and they swipe up on on the person, and it says that they said the R word twenty five years ago. Ooh, so. Oh. Racist. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna say it on the okay. podcast, but. Okay. Good. Okay. Let's uh. That's good. Let's let's move on from augmented and virtual to talk about something that uh. We'll tie this next piece into the into the last thing that I'll bring up is um the the PlayStation and then PlayStation State of Play and Nintendo Direct. Uh, they were garbage. They're absolutely, they're not good. At Did all. you expect anything um, different? I'm gonna ask you that. I no. I was, but 
I wasn't expecting a massive reveal. The problem is, is that they did this thing at the beginning of the year, which is which is always good because then you get a sense of what the year and next year is going to look like. But they didn't show anything interesting for the year at all. They didn't show anything that I should have been excited for. So now we're going to get to December, and I'm going to just be like, um, you know, remember back on the fucking Nintendo Direct and think, hmm, I really don't want one next year because if this is how the year was going to be, then no. Um, I was hoping for a little bit more from the Direct. I knew they weren't going to show Breath of the Wild 2. I was hoping for two Smash characters because uh, I think their pass is running up soon. I think they only have two more characters, three more characters left. So I was hoping that one character was going to be not, like it wasn't just going to be one character and hoping that the second character was going to be a big reveal. There wasn't, of course. There was just some fucking Xenoblade character that nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> um, they showed a ton of just indie games, which, you know, Nintendo, great that they're pushing indie developers, but at the same time, like, Nintendo, as weird as it is to say, like, they do they do their best stuff first party. Not a lot of their the best things uh, that, like, not a lot of th good third-party developers show up on Nintendo consoles, because they have to compete with Nintendo. Um, and them only showing Mario Golf and some fucking, you know, Fallout Splatoon game, uh, that's, that's not enough. And Think about where the third party, think oh, about where the third party publishers come from now. That I mean. is so sad just to hear that. Like, Austin and I are huge Nintendo fans, so... I would say, like, uh, imagine, like, putting up two two TV screens, and one is, like, the GameCube reveal, and how big that was, or, you know, do you remember when they used to have, like, the Space uh, World 2001 Space and World, whatever? Yeah. Imagine that next to <laughs> a Smash character and a Splatoon game that nobody cares <laughs> about. Like, oh, well, it's just so sad. thing... Another big thing is they're showing games that are that still have dev titles, like that fucking Triangle RPG game. Yeah, what like, was that? It, Not even that it looked it, bad, but you're gonna show something and you don't even have a name for it. Um, I want to talk a little bit more because Matt has a little bit more history with. Not Nintendo, specifically Xbox. I have a different um, perspective than you guys because I don't like Nintendo at all. Right. Not so for their necessarily for their games, but just how they operate. They're behind. They're so far behind. They are. Like Absolutely think about think about like the the games that are coming out now and like where they are. Like like uh, like Valheim is probably the most recent example of like an indie like a huge indie smash hit, right? Valheim is big now. It's going to die down, and then it'll be on the Switch in 720p. I guarantee you, in a year from now, Valheim, mark my words, they got Fall Guys late, they got Apex Legends late, they get the big games never in time, because they come out on PC, and everybody plays them then. That's that's Nintendo's like tragic mistake. They, they spend, like, yeah, they have their first party games, and honestly, the, we were just talking about this off podcast right before we started. Uh, they blew their load early with the Switch. You got, you got Mario and Zelda, happened. That came out right right when the Switch came out, and now you got nothing it's until Animal Crossing. And now they spend all their time trying to scavenge the the PC games, get them over the, the Switch as fast as they can, because they're the in thing at the moment, but they get them too late every time. Who's playing Fall Guys on the Switch right now? Nobody plays Fall Guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, they're too so behind. With, with growing up with uh, primarily an Xbox console, what do you think now of the current... Uh, like you watch Nintendo Direct and you watch State of Play and you see Microsoft's not really promoting. I mean, they purchased Bethesda. We can talk about that. But um, what do you what do you think of these other two companies and their tragic mistakes for the year? They're uh, not showing anything, and then you see a company like Microsoft pick up Bethesda or mm -hmm. um, reveal that. EA is EA Play is now combined with their Game Pass. You know how do you how do you compare the these thing? Companies? The thing about Microsoft that I think most people don't understand is all they care about right now is getting people on the Game Pass. They don't care about how many Xboxes they're selling. That it's completely irrelevant to them. And you know it's like the, the age old console war about PlayStation Xbox, PlayStation Xbox. It's not about PlayStation Xbox anymore. Xbox, they want they they've they've said 
this is the idea of the Game Pass, is that you can play the Game Pass games anywhere. They want them to be playable on your phone. They want you to have a controller and you can be sitting on the bus playing Xbox games on your phone. They want you to have access to your games on the PC. This is why they're moving to PC. And it's going to force Sony to start releasing more games on PC, which they've already done. They had Horizon Zero Dawn. They got Days Gone. Uh, hopefully, they'll have Bloodborne soon. Christ's sake. That's all I want. That's <laughs> literally all I want from Sony. Um, so, let's go into that a little bit. Uh, I'll ask you, and then I'll ask Patrick. Um, what do you think of games as a service right now? Do you think that they're in a good spot? I personally don't see that a lot of wrong problems with it as long as they keep realizing that they need good quality games for people to pay a subscription but um i feel like they could be a problem when more companies you know start hoovering up other small indies and third parties and and um forcing them to work on first party games without the previous like uh without the amount of funding that they used to have and so they shovel all this money at them and they have a good story but it, it's not a good game I feel like that could be a real big problem in the future for games as a service. But right now, I think that they're in an okay spot. And I don't think that there's that many of them yet. But I think companies like Steam will look at them and think, we can do this too. And, and come out with more VR-related or, or you know, like some new tech that they come out with and say, you need to have a subscription to play our games or our content that we make for this. Uh, I want to know your guys' thoughts on games as a service right now uh, or uh, as a whole, uh, what they could be and what, what you hope that they don't turn into. I'll take the games as a service trend over the early access trend any day. Any day. That's true. I, I own, I have EA Play subscription because I think it's worth it, personally, for me. I think it's about what company has what games you want to play. And, I mean, generally, like, there's, there's just their whole library. Which library of games appeals to you more? I mean... But just think about it. I mean, you could buy you could buy one brand new game for almost a hundred effing Canadian dollars, right? Or you could spend that like you could do that a month. Like, I mean, not everybody buys a full priced game a month. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, hardcore gamer, you buy one brand new game a month. Why would you do that when you could buy like three subscriptions and just have three entire libraries like all the time? And they're always adding the games too. Do you think PlayStation will ever move to PC with the subscription pass? Or no. That is my hope, but I think once that happens, I think once that eventually happens, um, there will be no more excuses to have a console, other than you want to sit on your couch. <laughs> I think that's that's the only excuse they have left. Well, Nintendo. I think you'll have. Things, I think. But... I think. Once once Sony has the uh, once they port all their games over, which they're gonna have to because Microsoft is doing it. Um, you'll your best bet or the best value you'll have is PC. With your subscriptions, and then if you really want your Nintendo console, because they're never gonna do that, because again, they're like uh, they're like twenty years behind. I wanna, I wanna ask you something before before you start. Um, and it's 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 a weirder question, and I still I wanna ask you about subscription services, but I do also wanna ask you about, um, what do you think of companies like uh, Apple or other primarily tech companies and, and them trying to get into <laughs> Google Stadia space. You think Google Stadia yeah, is going to replace uh, Valve? <laughs> going to replace Steam? No, Hell no, no, no. But I'm more asking about, <laughs> I'm more asking about, um, like, Apple as a company, if they decide to make, like, they make mobile games. They have a game service that they mm -hmm. make games for. But what if they moved into making a subscription pass or a game or a set of games for specifically their mac line and they're you know what do you think of patrick what do you think of tech companies like apple and facebook you know with their potential future of getting into video games do you think that that's something that they'll do or would you even would you buy a mac if um if it was cheaper like a console cheap and uh and you know all these good reviews for games that come out and uh they have all these fantastic games would you get into the mac or or apple space if, if they made games Again, it really all depends on the quality of the game. I don't, right now, I don't think companies have an excuse to put out a bad game, to be honest. It's 2021. By that? by that, I mean, there, we know, um, what a bad game we is. know, yeah, we know what bad games look like. We know exactly, like, what we, they need to produce. 
they just need to listen to the fans to see what kind of game they should make. So they need to follow the feedback instead of saying, "Oh, everyone's excited for, um, everyone's excited for like a new maybe Legend of Zelda game," and they're they're trying to listen, um, or sorry, they're trying to uh, they're waiting through the entire Nintendo Direct to see, oh, this is gonna be. A Legend of Zelda game that we've all waited for, blah blah blah, and then it turns out to be oh, well we're gonna make a <laughs> a uh, JRPG, and then we're gonna make three <laughs> more, and then at the very end we're gonna show you a fucking Splatoon teaser, and uh, then we're gonna tell you that Legend of Zelda is not in development yet. So I don't know. I mean, to me, I think I think to answer your question, I would move over if tech companies or someone else did make games um if they're one they have to be two two things they have to be cheaper and they have to they have to be um the same like quality as games that are being put out today they can't just be oh we're gonna make a jrpg or or a you know a sim game that's just a complete ripoff of another thing i don't know it, it it like it sort of boils my blood. Like I can't speak today because <laughs> I uh, it's a very touchy subject when it comes to uh, to that kind of stuff. I don't know. Everyone has different opinions. Maybe some people do like um, the new Five Nights at Freddy games, games, but like as a whole, I don't like it. I don't want to offend anyone, but like, come on, yeah, come well, on. You can do better uh, than Five Nights at Freddy's, like. Put out a good game. Put <laughs> out a new Crash game. Put out... They are. Yeah, I know, but like... They that was the other game in the state of play. That was the only other one. Didn't they... No, <laughs> didn't they just update it? No, it's a whole new game. It's brand new. Yeah, it's oh, I thought it was an update. I didn't really watch the entire thing. I, I browsed I have that to go one. Buy it. I, I'm more the Nintendo Direct person, but... Um, I want to ask you then... I want to actually talk about content update after I ask you about... Do you like the subscription model of being able to have an entire library? Is that something that you'll once more games comes out, uh, once more games come out, and uh, when more companies like the Microsoft Bethesda deal, once you know that starts picking up a little bit more in in force, is that or games as a service? Do you think that that's the future for video games, or um, are you still the kind of guy that wants to own each individual game? I like collecting actual uh, merchandise from from video games. So like, I have a lot of GameCube games, and I had an N sixty four, and I had a lot of the controllers. Like I got the DK bongos. I like that kind of stuff. Um, but in the future, I don't see that stuff being as popular. I think a lot of people like to have a virtual library. So yeah, I uh, I would totally be down for having a subscription rather than buying each individual game i mean it saves you money maybe not every game on there is amazing maybe you only play one game on there a month would you rather buy gta 5 at full price this year like at five years after it's been released or would you rather subscribe for two dollars on i don't know the xbox service uh and be able to play it for however long you like and then move on so it's been out for eight years, eight by years? The way, but, uh anyways oh. Yeah, it came out in 2013. Jeez. So, I want to really quickly talk about content updates just for like a couple minutes, and then we'll move on to uh, the last two things, which are still video game related. Matt, okay. So, more games are starting to become, you pay for the game, you get free content updates. but Or you go through a subscription, you get free content updates. Um the quality of these content updates aren't necessarily as good as what you would get from an expansion, but at least you know that the content update can be changed at a later date and you don't have to pre-purchase it as like a, a season pass or anything. It's all there for you for free as long as you own the game. But there's a lot of problems with it, particularly if the community starts tanking just randomly. Not even randomly. If, if they put out a bad update or some, you know, they just lose interest in the game. Less content updates happen. You get less to be able to play with. I want to know your thoughts on content updates being free. And would you rather have um, expansions or 
uh, regular updates in terms of content every one or two months. Bite-sized, I Well, guess. they kind of have different... I feel like you can you can group them together in that it's more content for a specific game, right? But they have entirely different use cases a lot of the time. Like, when was the last time you saw a paid expansion for a multiplayer game? They, uh, the, when I think expansion, the first thing that comes to my mind is, like... Um, the Elder Scrolls 4 or something, that was a long time ago. So we use like The Witcher 3 as an example. The Witcher 3 had an expansion. That's a single player game. That's completely single player content. Whereas like a content update is more like how I'll use Rainbow Six Siege as an example. That's a multiplayer shooter. That has a that has a dedicated community. Those people love the shit out of that game. They're gonna keep they're gonna keep playing it as long as it keeps getting updated. I feel like for for multiplayer games that people already love they're gonna keep putting out more and more content because th those people, those people love the game. They don't want. To, they'd rather have, you know, five years more of Rainbow Six Siege updates than a new Rainbow Six. Why? Why? They they don't have to buy another game. They just keep getting updates for free and like microtransactions and stuff offsets the cost of that development over time. But expansions for like single player games are not gonna go away because that's what expansions are for. Expansions are for single player games. Content updates are to improve the longevity of multiplayer games. I don't think th I don't think you can necessarily group them together as being like the same exact thing cuz they're not. Um so speaking of uh longevity, let's talk about uh Nintendo Switch Pro leaks. Um now last year Nintendo said that the Switch is at about the half point in its life. Um you know, it came out in 2017, March of 2017. Uh, it came up with some really good games in that year, and then it fell off for an entire year, and then released Smash, and then they didn't do anything for 2019. I'm not. We'll get into the games afterwards and how Nintendo hasn't really done anything. But speaking of the Switch Pro, do you think this is the right time for them to release it? And we have talked about this off podcast, but I want to know what you think uh, formally about um, what it means for people that own the Switch normal like how we myself and patrick own a normal switch uh his his girlfriend owns a switch Lite. my sister owns a switch Lite. what does that mean a nintendo switch pro and with especially with nintendo telling their developers to that um 4k development should be a thing that they should look for uh what does that mean for us owning the normal version of the console uh i think matt has more to say about it so i'll probably ask patrick first um what are your thoughts on the Switch Pro leaks and uh, um, its potential? Yeah, I mean, I'll take the DSi, for example. DS was great. It was a pretty good console, with, or handheld console. It, it held up. Um, literally. Uh, <laughs> I would say, yeah, They, I think they can do some great stuff with this, and I, I like the idea of it. I don't know if I would pay for one. Because now it, it just it's getting super expensive. Like Nintendo's prices just keep going up and up and up. So in theory, yeah, it's a great idea. You're gonna build on on the Switch and uh, and go from there. But to be honest, I and I think it will sell. But I just I don't see myself getting it because I already have these games, um, and I already have these. Uh, I already have a Switch, so there's no point in building on that um uh. i have a question that i already know the answer to um but i'm gonna ask it anyways because it might lead to something else um you don't you, you're not buying you know nintendo games for the visuals right so why is that is, a thing is 4k do people actually well, buy them for the, the visuals <laughs> their visuals are great when you look at them i mean when i you know there are games from the GameCube era that still look phenomenal if you if you can upres them. Even non upres they look they still look good. Um, if they had even slightly touched the Super Mario Sunshine like update, they they could have like made it so much better. They didn't really do a lot to it, but like that game holds up in today still. And it's what isn't it like eighteen years old? Two thousand two. Yeah. God. Two thousand two. Yeah. yeah. Around that 2003, 2002. My question for you is, if visuals aren't really a big thing, what's going to sell a Switch Pro for you? You know, because 
the 4K up-res and the better frame rate is not going to be a particular reason for someone that owns a Switch to buy another better Switch to play Breath of the Wild or Breath of the Wild 2, especially if they played the first one. So what's going to sell the Switch Pro for you? If you if was there if there's anything that they could do, you know, integrating vir virtual reality better than they did with the Labo, better controllers, better uh, user experience. Is there anything at all, maybe there isn't, um, that will sell you on a Switch Pro other than them forcibly releasing uh, games only for the Switch Pro? We'll completely remove okay. that because I don't yeah, think Yeah, I was going to touch that. on that. Um, for me, I just, I don't see any reason to buy one, but the number one thing I would suggest if they were, if they're going to release this is make the Switch ha uh, Pro have more space. I bought four <laughs> games <laughs> on the Switch, and I'm, like, 50% done my total amount of games I can have on my Switch. Like, I, d I bought NBA 2K when it was on sale. I think it was 2K20 or 2K19. I don't have enough space on my entire Switch to play it, so I can't play it? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? So that's like, that's like me buying a, like, a GameCube and, uh, and playing Mario Kart and then saying, oh, look. They they released the new game. They released uh, you know, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, and then I buy it and I play it once, and it's, I was like, oh, this is okay, and then my entire GameCube is filled with Donkey Kong Jungle Beat saves, and I can't play another game <laughs> because that game took up the entire memory. Are you kidding me? So you want more space? Yeah, they absolutely. They they want me to go out and buy an SD card plug into my switch to add more space which is in theory that's a good idea like that's not bad i like that um but why do i have to go buy that why wouldn't it come included with the switch it doesn't make sense so so matt okay we have talked you don't own a nintendo console currently you don't own a switch you don't never know have never will anything. probably so probably is there anything <laughs> Is there anything that will sell a Switch Pro to you? You know, because you're you've uh, even now you've very much been in the camp of one for uh, sorry, sixty FPS, one forty four hertz should be the standard soon. Um, sixty FPS should be the standard anyways to hit. Now with the Nintendo console upresing the Switch Pro leaks upresing to four K and sixty FPS, assumedly coming along with it. Um, is that something that now piques your interest further in a Switch than Switch Pro than uh, a Switch previously did? Um, no, because for me it's for me it's not about the visual. I mean, I I tried. I, I would like to play on the platform that has the best visuals because of the best, but that's not the thing that's going to sell me on on a on a console. It's always the games, and the games are the same. The games are going to be the same. They're still Nintendo games that I'm not interested in. But the thing is, like, so the Switch came out at, at such a weird time because it came out halfway. Like, people were wondering, oh, when's when's Nintendo gonna have their their thing that competes with PS4 and Xbox? Well, it came out like halfway during that life cycle. But the thing that was great about the Switch is like, oh, you can take it places. So it's it's like it's like replacing your DS and your Xbox or whatever. That's the whole selling point of the, of the Switch. But now the new consoles are out. The Switch is halfway through its life cycle, so now it gets a refresh to compete with those type of visuals because you got to think like okay um i i guarantee you there are a bunch of people who just this past christmas got a 4k tv and an xbox series x to play in 4k and they have their switch sitting there docked at their 4k tv and it's a fucking paperweight because it plays in like 720 uh, i don't want to say 720p i think it plays in like 1080p 900 right? 1080 Jesus. to 900 to 1080 yeah. i over see i'm over giving them too much credit <laughs> Some games will run 1080. A lot of their games will. Odyssey, Ultimate, Animal Crossing, stuff like that. But Breath of the Wild, in laggy areas, gets downscaled to 900p. Um, I don't mean to harp on Nintendo visuals uh, as much as I was, by the way, because I did play. I played Breath of the Wild in 60fps, 1080p on my computer, and it was amazing. It was beautiful. They brought PT. Not PT. that they had anything to do with that. As Would you buy it the if they bought if they brought the PT demo <laughs> to Switch? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Scary ass game. <laughs>
but yeah, it's it's for those people. The reason that they have to do it is because people the, the, the industry standard is being set higher. And if they didn't release a Switch Pro, they I mean they'd have to release another another console, right? They can't wait another four years to do it. They can't wait until halfway into the PS5 life cycle to do it. So the easiest the, the path of least resistance for them is okay, we're gonna take this product everybody's familiar with, the Switch, you guys all have the Switch, you guys all have the games. We'll make them even prettier so that, you know, it, it's, it fits in sitting next to your PS5 on your 4K TV. Because they, they have to. The, the the industry, I mean, PS5 and Xbox Series X have basically forced their hand. They don't have a choice. Because their games are going to look like shit, basically, based off just resolution alone. I'm going to time you a minute 30. Um, we're going to give a quick answer, shit. and then we're going to get into our last thing. So, uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts about this. I'll preface a little bit. Nintendo... Of course, they really like to try and uh, bring something new to their console specifically. You know, for the longest time, they haven't had, you know, ever since they've never actually had a traditional controller. Uh, you look at the N64, it had one fucking stick in the middle with three handles. And, <laughs> yeah, they've always and had weird controllers. Isn't the, 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 the Switch Pro has a controller, right? It does, yeah. but they did that with uh, the Wii U and the Wii okay. as well. So looking at uh, the GameCube, of course, it had its really weird but very, very good controller of analog controls before analog was a, you know, before uh, the PS2 came out with them. They had, you know, the orbiting buttons, you know, everything surrounding the A button. They had, the uh, like, the good controls. Anyways. Then they come out with the Wii, and it's a motion control. It's a it's a t motion control TV remote, and yeah. people loved it. Um, the Wii U comes out, and it has it's a fucking fake iPad with a tinier <laughs> screen and uh, accelerometer in it, and a shitty seven inch fucking controller. Um, the Switch comes out, and they go back to the Wii with two of them now, smaller, uh, so you can play with other people. I want to ask a minute thirty. Do you think? Uh, what do you have any ideas of what the next thing that Nintendo could add into their console? Um, and if not, do you think that they should try and traditionalize their next console in terms of controls, or uh, try and keep with what they're doing by trying to be unique? I don't want uh, them to start be with traditional, Matt. I don't want them to be traditional. I think like the whole appeal of Nintendo is that they keep trying, they keep trying new things, whether or not it works. That's why I like. That's why I do like about them. The Switch, the Switch has always tried to be like the best of both worlds, and I, I, I respect that like design choice. I'm like, oh, here it's portable. It's like replacing your DS and your Xbox. Like that, that's cool. I don't, I don't think, I don't think they should be more traditional. I mean, your controllers need to work, and they need to be easy to understand, or else it's not fun. If you can't control your game, you're not going to have a lot of fun playing the game. Uh, I don't know what they would do, like, next. That's that's pretty hard to say. I mean, like, the Labo is pretty cool. Again, not something that I would buy. But, I mean, Nintendo's entire... Not ent <laughs> entire audience. Nintendo's primary audience, like, marketing is towards, like, younger, like, children, I guess. So it has to be it has to be easy. Well, yeah, they don't like it because they're not kids anymore. Patrick, what do you think? Uh, the you have a minute thirty. Do you think that Nintendo should traditionalize some pieces of their console? Do you think that they should try keep going forward with their uh, uniqueness? Uh, or do you have any thoughts about what their console uh could be next? Um, yeah, just like Matt said, I I think they should go for something new. Like everything that they've done in the past years has been pretty much building on um their last console i think the only console that i haven't liked in the past 10 years was probably the the, the wii u so um i think they're really good at innovating you know you, we look at the nes controller and we look at the nintendo pro controller that we have now like that's it's a little bit of an upgrade i would say so yeah i i'm totally fine with them uh doing something new um i want to say that i i don't want to see them do anything AR related because I don't I don't see myself playing anything AR related but um yeah if they want to sell the kids then they could do that if they want to sell to their cult fan base then don't do anything AR related and good luck which they hate by the way thank god their fan base their cult no they hate thank god they hate their cult fan base no thank god uh that they hate we all hate AR <laughs> Yeah, but they don't. They yeah, really, no. they, you know, with their amiibos and stuff. And that Ninta that um, Mario Kart game that they showed off, that's literally Augmented yeah, Reality Mario Kart. We didn't Kart. talk about that. There's, um, there's, yeah, Augmented Reality Mario Kart That's uh, that they released that you can buy. And you can buy actual Mario Karts. And then also the Super Mario uh, World uh, in Japan that we didn't talk about yet, too, right. has 
Exact Let's same thing. They have a ton of AR there. That whole theme park is AR. Let's touch on that a little bit. Let's uh, let's let's talk about the Nintendo World a little bit. Um, because I don't think Matt has that much interest in it. I was talking about specifically before uh, when you brought up Nintendo World that you said that you are confused why people purchase um expensive things to interact with the park. Uh, I want to touch on that because I thought it was an interesting thing to bring up, and I wanted to bring bring it up on a podcast. Uh. When you're in the moment in a world of you go to the Star Wars exhibit, you like you go to the Star Wars thing in Disney, you go to the Harry Potter place in Universal. You're not going there um, because you think that it's it's you know that's it's cool to visit. You're not going there because you're not a Harry Potter fan. You're not a Star Wars fan. You're going there explicitly because you're one of those type of fans. And so when you go to you know the Star Wars place at Disney, Galaxy's Edge, I think it's called, and you see that. You can build your own lightsaber. Fuck, dude, you automatically line up before even thinking about the fact that you have to pay an extra $100 for it. Because it's something that you have grown up with. You Maybe your parents have grown up with. Other people around you, you're so tied to this franchise and, and it's so intertwined with your life that the last thing you're thinking about in the moment is um, the cost. Because you can own a lightsaber. You can You can interact in the park with it. You can, you know mess around with other people that are your age and it's not weird because you're all there for that reason and it's likewise with harry potter where i have the previous experience of interacting with the harry potter park by paying 80 dollars for a wand that allowed you to do so and i gotta tell you it's some of the most awkward shit you'll ever do but because you're surrounded by everybody else when you're making you're saying weird words at a fountain and waving a fucking stick around that has a little light on the end (laughs) and then water comes out and everybody there is all excited about it and wants you to you know walk around with you and do things as well it's like it's such a really cool experience and i think that anybody in that position like i brought up if matt if you had to pay to access all the bathyspheres in in bioshock like of course you would do it before even thinking about the cost because you're so yeah i'm i'm buying the hundred dollar lightsaber for sure so when i think of the when i think of the nintendo world sure it's shit because that is a bracelet they really should have done more with it maybe they should have given like it should have been in the hat or something um and there should have been like a an ir sensor up to things with the hat but um i feel like no matter what you and i would absolutely pay however much it is to interact with these things at the park because that's what we grew up with of course we're so tied to nintendo games that no matter what it is, if we get that extra experience that allows us to live in our childhood thoughts again for that extra little you know, few minutes, then you're going to pay for it every time. But let's talk about Nintendo World. I haven't watched it much about it. Uh, what do you think of it, Patrick? How intrigued are you? Um, I think as an adult, like, I think it's interesting. Um, I think they did a really good job on it, and it's well worth the money that they put into it. Uh, but... Yeah, I would I would love it if I was a kid. So I think that would be amazing. Um There's nothing really that I didn't like about it to be honest. There's a, everything is just positive. I've only heard positive reviews from it so far, so we'll see um maybe the lineups and stuff will will affect that, but yeah, we'll see what happens within the next coming weeks if anyone uh has anything bad to say about it so far i've only seen like positive reviews about it so is there an opening date for it at all do you know uh it's already open i think it opened um, yesterday oh, okay <coughs> i thought it opened a few days ago or yeah maybe a few days ago i would definitely go even though i'm not like a huge nintendo nerd i'd still go if i was in japan which i plan on going yeah would you go if it's somewhere else that's not japan that's the home of nintendo like, if you went to, say they set it up in the Universal Park with the Harry Potter thing, okay, and they have three different passes. Because the way they have the, I'm just going to explain a little bit. The Universal Pass, they have two passes. Um, you can do, well, they have three, actually. You can do the main Universal piece, which is literally just the Universal Studios that everybody knew before uh, the Harry Potter stuff came in. And then they have the Wizarding World Pass, which is, you can access both the main and the Wizarding World Park. And then they have this pass that's like Adventure Island plus Universal, plus you get the Wizarding World stuff and you get access to the, the Hogwarts train that you can go between each park with. If they added to Universal in, in Florida, they added the Nintendo Park. Would you pay to access all four parks by yourself? Like if you're with your friends and not all of you are huge you know, Nintendo fans or it's not really that big of a deal for you to go to the Harry Potter Park, would you still pay for all four if like one or two people wanted to go? Would you? Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
I feel like I would. Would you go? You'd you'd like go to the things that you know other people didn't want to go to. Yeah. You wouldn't like split off or something, right? Yeah, I just go for the social yeah. aspect. Of also, not like a Harry Potter nerd. Also, I saw videos from a couple days ago about the the world, but yeah, Matt, you're right. It officially opened on the 18th, so I don't know if it was just special access into the park before for maybe people who were promoting it, but we'll find out. We have a few more minutes. If you just let do you, Patrick, you had a story before that I fucking forgot that I wanted to remind you about to tell on here, but I don't remember what. <laughs> it was. A story. He already told his yeah. heroic tale at the beginning. <laughs> I I I, I <laughs> honestly don't. Story. Yeah, I don't remember what story you're talking about, but I was even there. Oh, the bus. Right. So, <laughs> uh, mm. I <laughs> that up. The bus. So, is there anything interesting about that, or am I just cutting all this? The bus. What story was that? Um, the bus that was hijacked from the LTC depot. (laughs) Okay. So the crazy thing about that, as I was driving past there, like within the half an hour that that happened, I must have barely just missed the the hijacking. Okay. So yeah, what what we uh we're touching on here is that uh in our city. Um, a bus, a city bus was recently hijacked by a middle-aged 40-year-old woman um, at 3 a.m. or something, or 3.45 a.m. Yeah. Um, and she dead, was dead obviously night. arrested, but I just, like, why? <laughs> why is that <laughs> even an issue? I just burped on the mic. Nice. Anyways. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and she took it to, like, Belmont, too. It was yeah. kind of like a ditch. Uh, one, how does that happen? They need to up the security there, I guess. Uh, and two, why? Like, why do you want to <laughs> steal it? Like, it's the perfect what? crime. It makes no sense. So, that's the story. I just, what is the world coming to? I wonder how she even got in. She knows. She's middle age. Maybe she was Did on the bus the whole time. Do they just leave the keys <laughs> of the bus like in the in the? I would assume bus? so. She hot wired the bus. Yes. <laughs> Did she? <laughs> No. <laughs> oh. I would assume that all these buses are probably yeah they leave the keys inside. What great security! Nice, where someone could just shatter a window and uh, hop into a bus. A bus stuff. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Uh, well, we've gone for an hour and twenty. So um, I want to th- I want to thank everyone for for listening to this. Um, and we actually are we have talked about. Uh, potentially getting other people on. Now, I think we're going to wait a couple episodes to do that, but I would like to bring it up now that we are interested in people that are uh, like-minded if they want to come up with a topic or, or, you know, a couple topics and and uh, want to email us at uh, actionspermanentpod at gmail.com um, and send us any, any you can send us suggestions of what you want to talk about or if you want to be on, then just contact that, and we'll uh, we'll get back to you. Um, but yeah, this was a this was fun. This was a good episode. Yeah. What are we talking about next week? <laughs> Save it for next yeah, week. Save it for right next now. week. I'm just kidding. We don't have anything for next week. You can't s- you can't just spoil the next episode, even mm. though we have nothing for the next. Episode exactly. Yet. That's the thing is that <laughs> our podcast is so modern and so unique. We got nothing <laughs> for next week. We we're gonna see what the world brings us. So. Maybe there will be, like, I don't know, a tornado. If you made it this far, you're a legend. Can't wait. Or maybe the world will end, yeah. and there won't be an episode three. It's is that going to be, be cool. our, our standard outro? Is is If you made it this far, you're a legend? Is that <laughs> sure, let's go with that. Right. Made if you made floor. it this okay. far, you have nothing to do in your life. Get a <laughs> <job>. <laughs> 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 okay. See ya. Uh, take it easy. See you later.